0: Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 4, the podcast in God's voice telling His side of your story. As we enter Season 4 together, I know that not all of you will have had the chance to listen to Seasons 1 through 3. I won't punish those who have by summarizing all of it, except to say that we are finally poised to get moving. OUR CHILDREN HAVE BEEN DELIVERED FROM SLAVERY IN EGYPT BY MY MIGHTY HAND WITH THE HELP OF MY SERVANT MOSES, AND THEY ARE POISED TO STEP INTO THE LAND I PROMISED Abram LO, THOSE MANY YEARS AGO. NOT QUITE YET, BUT IT'S ABOUT TIME TO GET MOVING, AND WE'RE GOING NORTH, MISS TESMACHER, NORTH TO THE PROMISED LAND, OR AT LEAST CLOSE TO IT. Not so close as to alert the people up there that there's a nation at their southern doorstep, but close enough to serve as a base camp for the most important reconnaissance mission of all time. In Numbers 13, uh, you didn't put your owner's manual away, did you? Well, you probably did, but it's a good idea to get it out if you can, even on your phone. So in Numbers 13, I instruct Moses to send out a team of men of sense and strength to spy out the land of Canaan, one representative fellow from each of the twelve tribes. They're to take careful note of the land, its people, its agriculture, and its fortifications, and to bring back samples of its bounty. These boys are instructed to cover a great deal of ground, and they do, several hundred miles, as they strike out from camp at Kadesh Barnea and work their way up through the hill country, way up north past Damascus, to turn around at Lebohamath and then down again. It's a mission of 40 days, there's that number again, 40 days of full-on yet stealthy travel, It's not like I am moving my nation into a postage stamp-sized piece of land here. No efficiency studio apartment with nothing but a Murphy bed or sofa sleeper this time. We've got 12 tribes to domicile here with elbow room between them. So a good deal of real estate is going to be required. And speaking of real estate... Let us talk for a moment about the three most important things when it comes to choosing a piece of land. You've got it, friend. Location, location, and location. It is no accident that there's already someone living where I want to put my people, because this is indeed a highly desirable location. In addition to the advantages of its agricultural prowess, which the spies witness, and from which they bring back bodacious samples, this large patch of ground is uniquely situated not only on a regional, but also on a planetary level. This promised land sits precisely where three continents meet. A two-continent convergence would be prime on its own, but here we have Europe, asia and africa all within a stone's throw of each other those of you in business immediately see the commercial advantage of such a location especially in a time that is long 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 before anyone is ever going to even think of figuring out how to move people or produce in contraptions like airplanes commerce between nations and continents are going to be land- or sea-based for millennia to come, and the promised land is perfectly situated to gain wealth by charging travelers for needed provisions, not to mention all the cash from those turnpike tolls. I'm not setting my people up here so that they'll have commercial success, though I've promised them abundance and will certainly provide it no this location has more to do with a later stage in the Abra plan the time will come in our story when we want news of something we've done within the borders of the promised land to spread like wildfire across the known world and at this point in history there's no better place on earth from which to kick off the news coverage than here in this tri-continental convergence Okay, enough with the peeking ahead. We haven't even got the people moved in yet. But before we move on with the next event, I want you to have something on your radar as we step forward. A common theme in our work with you as a race and as a you again. All of life on the way is a partnership. I am not going to just do everything for you. Not a very good parenting tactic, that. A good parent teaches, empowers, enables, etc. In this instance, I am not sending plagues similar to Egypt's upon the people of Canaan in order to drive them out of their homes and nations so that each family in Israel can just walk up the deserted streets and pick out the house they like the most. We are going to do this the old-fashioned way through military conquest, and Israel is going to have to battle for its home. But Israel is not going to have to go into battle alone, at least not if they are doing so at my bidding to serve in moving humanity's redemption forward. As long as they are following me as their commander-in-chief, I am going to make sure they are victorious in their battles, though they fight enemies that outnumber, outmaneuver, outsize, and out-everything them. We are partners in this great plan together, Israel and I. Of course, if they decide to engage in some gratuitous warfare to pick off some enemy in a way that does not serve the greater good, they'll be on their own at the very least. Case in point. Let's bring those twelve spies home from their long journey. Their verdict? Wow, this promised land looks great! more than you'll ever need, a place of great agricultural abundance, pomegranates, figs, grapes, grapes so big, mind you, that a cluster has to be carried on a pole between two men, like Han Solo getting roasted by Ewoks. The place flows with milk and honey. Uh, Numbers 13, 21 and following details the mission and debriefing afterward. Now, a note on that image of milk and honey. Sure, it's a great turn of phrase that encapsulates abundance, but there's more to it than that if you take half a minute to examine it, friend. Where does milk come from? And how can there be rivers of it in this land? Well, this land supports so much livestock that their resultant milk hyperbolically flows through it. And now what's the source of honey? Right again! And how much do you know about pollination and how critical it is in farming? Any and every plant or tree that blooms has to have a bee visit in order to bear fruit. So there's a super ample supply of these busy little varmints in place that are ready to rock the harvest. A harvest so plentiful that the pollen winds up in rivers of gooey gold, honey, Put the two agricultural specialties together, cultivation and livestock, and you get an abundance of honey and milk. Milk and honey, meat and fruits and vegetables. Sounds like supper, and there's plenty of it up there. Before we can ring the dinner bell, though, the whole partnership with humanity throws a fly in the hummus. Now, I've been promising this promised land for nearly 700 years at this point, right from the Abra plan kickoff with, who else, Abram. I've told the people time and again, including right before the dreaded dozen go off on their reconnaissance mission, that this is the land I am giving to them. However, in spite of all the time we've spent with the humans thus far, They still seem to fail to understand who the power partner is in our partnership. Sure, the spies come back and report that the land they've scouted is profusely plentiful, just like I said it would be. But the next word out of their mouths is, But! The spies say, But the people up there are very large and very strong, And their cities are very large and very strongly fortified. We're no match for them. Excuse me? Who's no match for whom? Don't include me in your we, pal. Get the T-shirt. God plus one equals a majority. And therein lies the problem. As they assess strengths, weaknesses, and various other values... These guys have totally kept me out of the equation. At this point, the only one who speaks up for me and my promise is a fellow with the unfortunate name of Dog, which is what Caleb is derived from in Hebrew. He's no dog today because he's got God in his corner. When Caleb stands before the pessimistic spies, he says, We should totally haul ourselves up there this minute and take the place right out from under their tall noses. What could have been a rallying cry, though, is overrun by the others who are so set on putting things in a bad light that they use the euphemistic grasshopper to colorfully convey the smallness of Israel compared to their giant enemies to the north you've oversized your enemies as well and undersized yourself without taking me into the equation of course back with the people of israel and the report of my scouts the people buy into the dark assessment of the pessimists we're crossing into numbers 14 here and the people take up their old whine of why didn't we just die in egypt and not have to go through this hardship It would have been better for it all to end back there than to come all the way up here only to get sliced into pieces by the northern giants. Uh, Not to be confused with the northern New York giants, who with only brief exception seem to have difficulty merely slicing butter. You can imagine just how warm and fuzzy I feel every time they pull out that why did we ever leave egypt thank me there are still four men who believe i can do what i say i will do by now moses and aaron certainly or at least mostly know better than to trust in their sight more than my promises at least on this scale now, newcomer Caleb takes his stand before all Israel, along with another spy who's been quiet to this point, Joshua. Yep, that's Joshua. He enters our drama with significance as he stands beside Caleb, and the two of them stand together against the other ten spies as well as the whole cynical nation to say, The land we just checked out is top-shelf, people. If we don't anger Yahweh too much, he's already promised to set us up in this lap of milk and honey. Want our advice? Don't cross Yahweh, and don't fear the size of the northerners. If Yahweh is with us, and he says he is, those guys will crumble like bread in our hands. You may feel like you're facing giants right now too, my friend, and you very well may be. Giants come in many shapes and sizes. But there's also no question as to whether or not I can handle them. I can. I did for them, and I will for you. Just keep walking with me on the way, and together we will defeat the giants and continue on together until we reach the promised land. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. We've got a lot of wonderful ground to cover in future episodes. If you'd like to support what we do, share a link to our first episode with your friends. There's a link to it right under today's podcast on our website, 15minutesontheway.com. Don't spell out the number. And feel free to give us a review on iTunes or on Facebook. Fifteen Minutes on the Way is sponsored by the Oak Haven Church in the Barn in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Alexander Zadoyani writes our theme music at smartmediamusic.com. Kenny Eicher designs our website art, kennyeicherart.com. We hope today's podcast has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way, friend. And until next time, be good to yourself.